what's happening everybody and welcome back to another episode of rapping with reef bum i'm your host keith Burkelhammer. so today on the live stream i welcome back hobbyist joe muscat who's also known as tusi on the reef discussion boards and tusi coral reef on instagram what's going on there joe man how you been all right, my man. I've been all right, being busy and crazy. Um, uh, thank you for having me back. Um, I can't believe it's been two years since we were on last time. Um, um, almost to the T. You know, next, you know, it's actually two years and a couple of weeks. I know. We're, I was um, saying to you, man, I was like, I can't believe that uh, it's been two years. I can't believe that I've been doing this since um, April of 2000. And 20, so uh, it's been uh, too long, man. Should have had you on um, much sooner than than two years. But uh, once again, I'm looking forward to the uh, for the to the chat there, Joe. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, you know, a lot of things took happened this past year on my end, anyway. So uh, at least we could talk how easy it is to almost lose everything in this hobby. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna definitely uh, dig into that. And um, just for those that don't know Joe, he has an incredible reef tank that's been featured twice as the Reef to Reef Tank of the Month. The tank was also recently featured on the Worldwide Corals YouTube channel as well as Moki's Inappropriate Reefers YouTube channel. So, uh, Joe, you're getting a lot of exposure there of late, and it's well-deserved. And um, this is really cool. <clears throat> Check out the... Current September October 2023 edition of Coral Magazine, and uh, Joe Joe's tank is featured in this uh, magazine. I'm just flipping. I should have had this bookmark, man. But uh, there, there's the uh, look at that spread right there. If you, if you guys haven't uh, checked out Coral Magazine for this uh, this recent edition, check it out and. Uh, why are at if you haven't subscribed subscribe it's a required reading for every reef keeper out there if you ask me so yeah it's, it is definitely um a must you know have for reefers like ourselves not only not only that they do such a, an incredible job on the write-ups and uh the information and education that they bring to us you know um we need to support them I mean, uh, it goes, it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of um, time for these people to put this stuff together. Not because I'm on, on the magazine. I've been getting that magazine for the past 15 years, yeah. you know. So, you know, so it, it's good to uh, it's good to have Yeah, it. for sure. So before we uh, we start chatting in detail with, with Joe, I just want to thank both the sponsors of the program, both Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine. Really appreciate them. Supporting the show and also appreciate all you folks out there tuning in. And as always, um, love to see the comments and questions via the chat. We try to work those into the um, the broadcast. And um, what else did I have to say? Oh, yeah, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And please hit that like button so more people can find the stream. So, Joe, you, you mentioned... Um, the uh, the tank and uh, let me uh, let me just roll some video that you provided 
me of this uh, spectacular uh, reef tank. And um, I'm assuming that this is a um, some current video that we're looking at here. Just for the folks that um, do not know in detail what this tank is all about, can you just give us some, a brief overview of what we're looking at right here in terms of the size and type of setup and all that stuff? Corals, I mean, obviously a lot of hard corals. Yeah, um, uh, you know, let it roll. I mean, but uh, the, what you're seeing is like recent videos, like you said, and um, this is, you know, mostly all the corals that I put into the tank less than a year ago. So that's crazy, dude. A year. You know, that's a year's worth of growth. You know, I mean, if you, if people who follow me on Instagram, they could go back to um, September of last year, they will probably find posts that the tank looked totally different with the Slimer on the left side versus the right side on the, you know, on the small island on the, on the left side versus now I put it near the overflow. And, and um, if you look at pictures on Instagram, like for example, in uh, November, December, you will see like the Slimer, for example, which is a good guy to get a bearing of what the tank was to what it is and how it came to. Um, it was a small, a small mini colony, you know, on the right side, and now it's almost out, out, outside the water. So a lot of the corals, you could compare pictures, it's like now it's like everything is touching and growing in between and so on and so forth, which is something that I get asked all the time. I mean, do you prune all the time this, that, and the other? But I do, but a lot of times I allow them to do their own thing. You know, we don't prune corals in the ocean. You know, no. we allow them to grow. And corals tend to grow different directions um, when they start noticing that somewhere something is getting in their way. Sometimes they don't, but most of the time they do. Although what I also tend to do in my, in my tank, which is something for new hobbyists setting up a new tank to put in his mind, is placement of corals. You know, if you were to choose, you know, specific corals that are in the same family, you know, same species, they tend to sting less if they were touching each other. So they kind of like get along much better and you could have a really like natural reef looking tank. Now, again, it depends what you want to, you want, what you want to see. You know, I always use my tank as I want to see it as mature as possible, full of corals, everything entwining into each other. Like I would see if I was snorkeling over, a reef, you know, um, <clears throat> but everybody got different visions and different ideas and not no one's idea is a bad idea um so yeah um uh, it, it been doing very good this past 11 months or so um uh, and the reason being is because i had an emergency you know a year ago i mean in august of last year when i had to go to europe and of course what uh, can go wrong went wrong yeah. I mean, it started from literally the day before I'm flying to you, <laughs> you know, where my GHL crapped out completely. So now I have no control of the tank, no dozers. Um, 
note that I, I was freaking out and I had to basically within 24 hours switch everything over to Apex to control my lights to control wow. you know um, <clears throat> all the other equipment you know if it was my calcium reactor if it was you know uh, my probe for you know all my pros ORP and all of that and uh, that's where I made a newbie mistake you know and you know, we all make them. It doesn't matter how long you're in the hobby, you know, especially when you're under stress and pressure. Um, you know, I forgot when I was dozing every day through the GHL dozer. So wow. I, left, I left instructions for my son to doze while I'm gone. And he was dosing nitrates, which I told him to, where I should not have, because I forgot that I was I, I had no pucks going on, which now I wasn't doing anything. And um, I come back where my tank was under incredible amount of stress. Nothing was dead, you know, but I could see I had alkalinity swings, you know, I had my um, top coils all burnt to the tips. Um, and <clears throat> literally I was back, what, three days? Um, I come down and my tank is one white cloud. And I'm really? like, oh, my, you know, I'm losing the whole tank. So now I'm freaking out. What? Corals, I had big colonies like the Fox Flame. I had a big colony, it got wiped out. Um, I had a um, Voodoo Magic colony, I mean, the size of a plate, got wiped out. I mean, literally overnight. And um, these were all the corals that were showing stress when I came back, and I knew they were stressed out, but they were okay. So, what happened? I'm looking for you know, something that took place. And what took place when I looked at my um, my phone and all the levels is my temperature is rising. Mm. You know, my mm. chiller crapped out. So my outdoor chiller, the fan, broke and my temperature rose. Those cores that were stressed, they just basically got wiped out. And I wiped out about 10000 10, to $15,000 worth of fish. Ouch. How much okay. of the temperature go? How much of the temperature go up? The temperature went up to close to ninety. Whoa! Yeah, that'll do it. Almost. So uh, now I am like scrambling. Jesus Christ! I can't lose this tank after all this time. So luckily, I do have a second outdoor chiller, where. I couldn't replumb the chiller, the chiller at the time because it's a lot of work. So, what is the fastest way? You know, being that I'm handy, I'm in construction and all of that, I was able to pull the fan out of one chiller and put it into the other, rewire it, and get it going and try to save the tank. But you know, meanwhile, I got my black tank, you know, breathing heavy. I got my Whatever was still alive, thank God my Lenardi and Femininas 
stayed in the sand for three days. They never came mm. out. Now, of course, those were three days of stressful time where you don't know if they're alive yeah. or dead. You assume they're dead. You know, you you're, you're assuming they're dead like all the other fish. Um, and uh, I got through that. So, you know, it was, it, was, it was very, very frustrating. Now I'm not happy with the way the tank looks because I had to pull these big corals out. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like pieces were missing. So that, that's when that decision came that I have to redo, you know, I, that my tank needed a clean out anyway, you know, so, and I wanted to lower the scape let me, um, more. Let once. me ask you one quick, uh, question there, Joe. So in terms of dealing with the, um, you know, the whiteout in the tank and, and just the uh, losing the corals and whatnot. What, what was your immediate reaction besides fixing the chiller? Did you just do some big water changes, anything else? Yeah, I did, uh, I did a lot of water changes. One thing I did is I threw a lot of air stones in there, yeah. you know, to, to give extra oxygen and stuff, and uh, a lot of carbon. You know, uh, that's basically, uh, I, I, I wet skimmed, you know, put the skimmer wet skimming, you know, also. Um, and um, after a day, it started to basically clear up, you know, so it wasn't too long. I mean, once I pulled the dead corals and um, a, a big water change, I mean, I, I remember, I think I replaced, you know, my mixing tank whole 60 gallons, I emptied it. You know, so I did like a 60 gallon water change out of 180 and, um, and threw a lot of carbon. I mean, I was, I was, I kept changing the carbon, you know, every two days. I mean, carbon after two days, you might as well throw it away because it did its job. Yeah. The people that it continues to do its thing for a long time. Carbon after two, three days max, you might as well pull it out yeah. because it's not going to do much except you know, build algae on it or uh, whatever detritus that's going through your sump if you put it in the sump, uh, unless you have a reactor and it's going through the reactor. But um, in my case, I don't have a reactor. I just throw, you know, bags of, of carbon in the, in the, in the sump. Yep. Um, yep. And um, it was very, very painful. It was, I have to say, I was very down and uh, I almost threw the towel. To be honest with you. Meaning that you were um, uh, going to shut the tank down and take a break, towel throwing throwing a towel in, or yeah, I, I, for me, I'm a person that I'm either all in or I'm out. And um, if I was to stop, I don't know if it would be a break or it would be forever. Wow! But um, I, I, yeah, I, I was very, very, very disgusted because I mean I had a lot of. And then, you know, like my wife said, she's like, you know what, you've been through a lot of challenges in life and, you know, you're not a quitter. Nothing can stop you. And this is going to stop you. So she goes, you buy the fish again, you know, and um, not, she doesn't know what they cost. That's why she's <laughs> telling me that. 10, um, 10 to 15 grand <laughs> worth of fish you know, might have a different answer. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. But um, the only fish that I'm still missing is my uh, pair of um, flame rasses. Mm, 
those yeah. are tough to find and, now. You know, that, yeah, you're not going to find those. And I almost, I almost got one, but I missed it by maybe ten minutes. You know, so I'll keep digging. One way or another, I will get my flame rashes back. Um, there is a couple of leads out there that I'm working on, but um, yeah. And then you would think that that was it, you know. And then here comes phase two, where, as you know, my tank is closed loop, so my reflow pump. I realized it seized all the way inside, which to get to my reflow pump, it's like impossible. You know, you have to pull out all your reactors <laughs> to get no. to this. Um, so I'm, I'm pulling the pump out. I did pull the pump out. It's completely seized. It's not even turning. I get a pump replacement overnight which I cost me a fortune. I bet. Um, and I, as I am putting it in, I hear crack the bulkhead of my closed loop, main loop. Crack. Oh, jeez. Now water is all over my head. And this is a closed, this, this, I'm is under a, the tank. this is a bulkhead I'm underneath the tank. Boring. Yes. Oh. That's, it's an inch and a half bulkhead for my reflow. Oh. It was Sunday, um, and I walk upstairs. I put a bucket. I walked upstairs, literally crying. And my wife and my son were outside. And she said, "What happened?" I said, "My tank is done." I, I was done. I was like, "I'm done now. I'm really Holy done." Holy smokes! Yeah, that that is that's a tough one to overcome. And um, after. And now we're sitting down, and of course the water is dripping in the bucket. How fast um, was that water I, dripping in the bucket? I, it was there for an hour, and I actually, I swear to you, I texted, I texted Andrew Sandler, and I said my tank is leaking, and I need to get rid of the coils. <laughs> and he answered me, and he says, "Your tank, your closed loop is done, is leaking," and I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, oh, my God, you know, and um, after I come down, obviously, I got down back in there and I'm like, you know what? Let me at least try to slow it down. So we use this product for roofing. It's called Ice Shield, you know, which is a very, very sticky, thin layer of rubberized material, you know, where it's basically it's a peel and stick. So I took a bunch of it and I wrapped this bulkhead, I wrapped the bottom of my tank, I wrapped and wrapped and wrapped, and I stopped it, okay, for the time being. So I'm like, okay, now how am I going to replace this bulkhead without emptying tank. the whole tank? Yeah. Maybe I'm going to have four inches of water if I'm lucky, because... The overflow box in my tank is divided into two. Half of it is basically my return pump, and the other half is my closed loop. And the closed loop have um, grooves in it on the top and on the bottom. So it's taking water from the bottom, like the lower part of the overflow box. So it's constantly 
open for water because the pump below it is sucking water from yep. it. You know? And uh, I would have to go below that, you know, to, to get this, this bulkhead out. So, of course, I had to order parts, and I'm ordering parts and, and waiting and valves you know, and, and, you know. So I had a few days to think about it, and I'm like, I mean, let me pull this. So meanwhile, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine. He goes, why don't you try using, you know, uh, marine epoxy? You know, there is these two hard epoxies that are used underwater, actually, you know, for boats and repairs and things like that. You can use them underwater and they will harden up. And he goes, you know, um, if it's a crack in the bulkhead, it can be, you know, ginormous, you know, um, try that at least. So I got this marine epoxy and... Um, Removed all that tape and all that crap I put on. And Keith, I started pasting this shit. I mean, like, I was going on with, like, painting this bulkhead like there's no tomorrow. Coats on top of yeah. coats on top of coats. I think I formed three other bulkheads on top of one bulkhead. <laughs> and, uh, and what do you know? It stopped. Wow. And it had been holding on that since. So I never replaced it. I've never had to empty it. Um, and it held, and it's still holding good. Um, closed loop is running? The what? closed loop is still is running? Yeah, yeah, everything is still running. Um, uh, yeah, I know. Um, uh, it's the uh, risk you take with closed loops. You know? um, yeah. Would I, again, I probably won't. Um, if I was to redo the tank, um, but um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very stressful because now I know how fragile these bulkheads became. I mean, my tank is 16 years old, you know, so these have been in that water for 16 years. And, um, you know, any little movement, that's it. It doesn't matter if you tighten or not. You get one little... little gravel or something between the washer and the, it's over. You, you won't stop it. Do, do you have a um, a plan in the back of your mind in terms of like a year or two out or, or some some sort of plan in terms of resetting resetting been, the tank or getting a new tank or something like that? Um, resetting it, I will probably reset it sooner than later because I get bored very quickly and like I said, it, it's overgrowing already. Um, it's already, I can't get to areas um, to clean, you know, dead snails and things like that, which drive me crazy looking at. Um, but I also, you know, getting a little nervous that the tank is old. I mean, what is the next thing that's going to go? That's going to be detrimental to this tank. So if I was to think of doing another one, you know, my friend Charlie keeps telling me, you know, you should do a, you know, a big one, you know, and this, that, and the other. Um, I thought about it. Uh, it it's rolling in my head. Um, it's percolating. You know, get rid of this and uh, do another, maybe an eight foot tank. Yeah. But the problem is that I don't want to crit. You don't want to what? So, 
I do not want an acrylic tank. Uh, yeah. I would want a glass tank. So where my tank is, it would have to be built, custom built on the spot, which that's another job by itself. But um, I you hear know, you. We'll see. Maybe in a year, you know, or so. So uh, hey, Greg Carroll's in the house. What's up, Keith and Joe? What's happening there, Greg? Uh, Recite, Sony. What's happening, there, man? Um, Joe, interested in your system reset process and how often they are conducted. So that's related to the um, what you were just talking about before there, Joe. So how often do you do resets? I mean, you had a forced reset a, uh, 11 months ago? Yeah, I, I normally reset it every two years um, because of growth. Um, this time around, for some reason, in which I, I don't know what that reason is, to be honest with you, because I haven't done anything different than I've done in the previous years. I feel these calls um, grew a little faster than normal. Now, is it water chemistry? I mean, you know, as little as let's go back two years, which is not, you know, a long time ago. Um, you know, moonshining and, um, you know, trace elements. And, you know, it wasn't as in involved in this hobby as it is today. So I do pay more attention to um, the little trace elements, the little metals. Um, as Claude from Fauna Marine, you know, which I've met at Polo Reef, and we spent... Um, a very long time, a whole day actually, talking chemistry and talking these type of things, where everything with him is in relation. Yeah. And yeah. I truly believe in, in his theories, because um, if you notice, like, if you send an ICT test, you know, your relation to, let's say, potassium to iodine could be off, but the two of them together could be okay. So it depends how it's, it's, it's tested. And, you know, sometimes we dose iodine and not iodine. You know, so it's two different forms in the, to each other a little differently. So um, I did refine, I look at it like this. Do you want to be 100% reefer or do you want to be the 80% reefer? You know, if you want to be the 100% reefer, then you've got to get into these studies of the moonshining and the elements and try to keep everything a straight line. Like, if you have diabetes, if you're going to have your chart go up and down like the stock market, you know, um, you're going to have problems. And it's the same thing in our reefers. I mean, try to have your alkalinity go up and down. You see what's going to happen. It's the same thing with elements. So you come down and you look at your red dragon and bam it's gone especially the red dragon is like one of those calls that doing unbelievably great and then the next morning it's like white smooth skins could be you know? tough uh, so what i've noticed is that when you have something off i always see them first on the smooth skins for some reason the granulosas, the, 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 the dragons, and all of that. So, yeah, um, maybe I say that the success of these calls growing faster 
are more because of I'm paying attention more to these elements. So are, are, are you I saying never paid attention? Are you before. saying like the last couple of years you're doing IC, uh, regular ICP testing and you're doing uh, Moonshiner's method in terms of trace elements? You think that's a contributing factor? I do an ICP test. I do an ICP test every week. Weekly. So weekly. You know what? For forty bucks a week, it's not worth losing a thousand dollar coil. You know, um, so I look at it like we have the money to buy expensive fish, expensive calls, expensive this, expensive that. I don't have 40 bucks to do an ICP test to see where you're. Look, it could be if we were doing ICP tests every week, right? I use Tropic Marine Pro. When we had the problem with, with, with that salt, I would have known right away. Yeah. You know, it would have saved me. I mean, I didn't lose much because I didn't have, I had salt from, from before. So I got lucky, but there, I have friends that lost everything with that salt when they were having problems when the salt came from Turkey. So, you know, and, and, and if it's true, basically that salt was mixed properly. It was the plastic bag that is shipped in. The plastic bag was contaminated. Mm. If that's true, that's what they say that it was, the, the, the problem. It was the plastic bag, not the salt itself, but it got contaminated. So, you know, yeah, I do it every week, and uh, I, I correct. You know, um, I'm, it's funny, the small things like nickel, um, zinc. Um, Molybdenum. But I've noticed, you know, I'm constantly dosing them. My tank sucks them up. So, uh, you know, I'm constantly dosing those. It does make a huge difference in certain calls. Um, all the other stuff, fluoride and uh, bromine, bromine and, um, and uh, what's the hell is the other word I'm trying to... Um, remember but um yeah i think it makes a difference um so i think that helps in terms of coral growth to a degree um obviously as we all know all the other levels have to be steady at all times which is the heart you know these other things are elements who, so, who are you using uh, joe uh, for icp uh testing I use Fonamarine and API most of the time. Um, I do like Fonamarine because they do give you the charts, what your parallels are, what your um, relationships to the, some of these to each other, where they're at. So I like to look at that and see, you know, API basically uh, is also a very good Test, but um, I find Fonamarine is more detailed to certain things. But then again, um, ATI tests for other things that Fonamarine doesn't, I believe. So, so um, you know, uh, I mean, let me ask you a question, man, in terms of getting back to the reset. So what we saw there in terms of the video that was rolling, were those 
frags that you salvaged from the uh, the tank 11 months ago that you replanted or did you have some um some colonies that you salvaged because i'm just blown away man by that by that growth i uh, uh there were frags i actually bought new frags um you know for friends of mine you see that's another thing okay like you buy a frag I think a lot of it has to do who you're buying it from. Mm. You know, what the husbandry that, that this guy is have in his stands. How healthy is his stand? How healthy are his frags? Um, so, it, 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 I think it, one frag will grow much faster than another frag that came from a tank that's not as established or not as healthy, you know. Um, so I did buy frags. I, I didn't buy them. I was given frags uh, by my friend Bob um, that they turned into colonies in less than a year. So I was blown away. Um, some uh, some colonies were from the previous tank also. Not everything was a frag. I don't want to make it sound like I grew these corals from the frags only, because that would not be that would be, that would not well, be Well, dude, right. I mean, um, just looking at that tank but, in terms of the way it looks 11 months after that, you know, near catastrophe is um, pretty impressive. Uh, yes. The um, let, me get my, uh, let me tell my wife to get me the charger before my computer dies. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's growing very well. I'm very happy with it, but also key to remember another thing. It depends what corals you're growing. Mm. You know, so I don't want to sound like I am the god of corals and, you know, growing corals faster than other hobbyists, because that's not fair to other hobbyists like myself. Um, some corals are much faster growers than other corals. Like, for example, uh, I do have frags that in a year they did not do a thing. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, like... Uh, I can't grow vivid insanity for nothing. You Everybody know, has their um, Achilles heel. I in, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I reached out to John Shen and he's like, I don't know, man, my my grows like wheat, you know. Um, so, uh, but overall, I think the thing did very well um, so far. So I think I will wait. Maybe normally I do them in the winter time after Thanksgiving, you know, around Christmas holidays, where I'll have more time for work and stuff like that, you know, between days off and stuff like. Because when you redo it, I need like four straight solid days to redo it, you know, to to do the whole thing go over. And how how so pull everything out, keep alive. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how does that process uh, go down? I mean, basically, you're uh, you're going through the tank, you're fragging stuff that you want to keep, um, you're selling, giving away stuff. Uh, I mean, you got one frag tank there that that can't possibly hold the, um, you know, what what you're cutting out of that mature reef. Yeah, what I normally do is I get like a bunch of tubs, 
you know, um, set up temporary, temporary lights. You know, I set up temporary lights. You know, can you plug it over there? Um, over the the uh, the containers. Um, put a skimmer in each container. You know, just to keep water aerated and stuff. And pull everything out. Put everything out. Put everything in there. Keep the lights on the timer, same as my tank. Obviously, I gotta watch alkalinity and all of that stuff because now I have to manually dose it. And um, again, it's for a couple of days, and then you know, frag, clean out, and if if you had Mijano, you know, nuke it, whatever, and come up with a plan of how you want it to look differently if you want it differently because you're tired of your look anyway. And look at corals that you have today that let's say aren't happy in their location, place them where do you think they will be happy? Because we all have those corals. You know, yeah. because you can you know, you buy yeah. corals, you buy corals, you you shove them in there because you want to get the corals. But meanwhile Sometimes you know that is not the appropriate place for it, but you have no room anywhere else. But you still bought that for. So, you know, so it's good to reset every now and then because um, you do clean up a lot of garbage. You know, the tritus that falls in, that flow maybe is not hitting it as good. Um, and... Uh, the other thing is like when you have a tank and corals are like overgrowing, corals the coral lose tissue on the bottom because it's not getting light. You no. know, a lot of times, you know, no light, no flow. You know, so you you get a lot of cleaning to do. So you know, that's why I do it every two years. A lot. Of, I mean, I mean, you could go back to YouTube and stuff like that. You'll find tanks of mine that completely look different every two years yeah you know, it's great yeah no that's that's uh that's a good you know policy to have especially if you're getting a strong growth you know i did a reboot in my 187 gallon tank which was just completely overgrown you know about uh about a year ago and and um but i took out all the rock and did a swap of the rock and blah 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 so that was a bit um you know, taxing on the system, so it's taken a while for it to kind of start uh, getting back into its groove. My peninsula tank, it's the same deal. You know, I've got a, I've got a couple of corals in that peninsula tank that have just grown so big, tabling out, that, um, you know, it's shading out, you know, big parts of the tank and, yep. and cutting off the flow. It looks awesome. I love the uh, the look it's of big colonies. Yeah, it, 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 you're doing a hell of a job. I mean, it looks incredible. But those, you know, those tables, yeah. But uh, you know, the time will come <laughs> when I'm going to need to. To well, I've already had to yeah. reset a few colonies. It's uh, it's tough. I mean, look, it's I call it a good problem to have because yeah. that means you know, the tank is doing well, and um, you know, and again, my personality is like it's never good enough. Um, I need a change, so redoing your tank, it gets you excited again, it gets you, like, motivated again, you know, and uh, it's like you have a room and you, you know, painted a different color. The room feels yeah. like a new room. Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, and it, I love this crap. You know, I mean, I I like doing, you know, and doing, and um, you know, and my friends tell me don't touch it. I mean, it's just perfect. It's just I get bored. <laughs> So, uh, Great Barrett Reeves says, I'm planning on an upgrade here in the next four to six months. Not looking forward to breaking these two tanks down until the floors and remodel get finished, then bringing in the new system. I, I hear you, Paul. It's, um, it is quite the, uh, the chore in terms of setting up the, uh, all those ducks in a row to, to, to do that sort of thing. It sucks. But you know what? It's very gratifying when it's done. It is. That's, and it gets you motivated again it gets now you have more room to um put in your coral that you've been you know wanting to have um remove corals that you get tired of or you have too much of um you know and um it just it just gets you it, it, for me it's like i'm reborn again you know when i when i when i when i do it Yes, it, it's a backbreaker. I mean, it is a backbreaker, especially my tank. My tank is a peninsula that I can only um, access from one side. Mm. So you can imagine how it is, how hard it is to like dive completely with your head in the water. You know, <laughs> I almost have to put a mask to see what I'm doing all the way to the other side. Um, I can only do it with like. Uh, 10 inches of less water from the top so I can reach the bottom. Because, you know, I'm entering the tank, across the tank, and go down all the way down. It's pretty uh, pretty deep, you know. Um, but, Keith, I live for it. <laughs> I love it. Greg Carroll says, sounds like Joe isn't selling enough frags. He needs to do more pruning. <laughs> right, you got a website now too, right? You're selling frags? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I have no time. I, <laughs> with website, you gotta, you gotta stay on top. You don't. You want to like got, uh, so much. You don't want to give a shout out to the website there, and uh... you know, uh, listen. Everybody knows that two uh, C corals. You know, uh, they could go on the website and um, and see what's there, and um, you know, but with the website, you know, you gotta stay on top of it. You gotta constantly take pictures, oh, yeah. change, oh, yeah. move. So and I, I have the time. So what I'm what um, I'm under I did I was gonna say what I'm understanding yeah. here, Joe, is that on the website what's for sale is a fraction of actually what you do have for sale. Yes. It is <laughs> it is it is one fourth one fourth of what I have. Um uh, it's just insane. That's why um, I do like the Reef Palooza show. I do the Connecticut show, the local Lyra show, which is coming up on the 14th of next month. Well, and Reefers, so you know, I'm looking forward to um, And you try to move some calls. You try also, you know, help beginners, you know, um, and stuff like that. And, um, but. I have no time. I mean, uh, maybe in a couple of years I'll get more time, but who knows what happens in a couple of years. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of involvement in this stuff. Um, but again, I love every minute of it. 
Beauty and the Reef. Joe, we need to get some coral from you for our tank. Exclamation point. Um, so you're... Um, who was that? I missed Beauty it. and the Reef. Who, who was Whoever Beauty and the Reef <laughs> is. <laughs> Beauty and the Reef. I know they are. Yeah, well, they know they could get anything they want. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right, you, you, you were talking about, like, uh, in the back of your head, thinking about another tank down the road. What about the lighting? So your um, your main source of lighting in that display tank is halides, right? What about, um, have, have you given any thought to switch into LEDs? No. 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 Um, I, uh, I will continue with the halides and T5s as long as I can. Um, I might be, uh, recently I just got, um, you know, promotion from, uh, Lumen Magic with some lights. So I'm going to be putting those lights all over my frag tank and, um, the, uh, Radions, the 15s, um, I might put, cause I do have some spots in my main display that needs they're, they're little, you know, black spots, dark spots. So I might put one left and right and one in between the halides and just strictly use them for light. So that's something that I might be doing. And that's as far as LEDs are going to go on my tank. I mean, I do have enough light bulbs for the next 10 years. You do? So... <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you what are you running highlight wise? <laughs> um I'm I'm still on the radions, you know, for, you know, 20k. 4 to what? You know, um, 250. I Yes, I'm doing the 250s right now. I do switch back and forth, you know, every now and then. Um give it 400, you know, for like a week and then go back to 250s, you know. Um I don't know if it makes a difference, to be honest. I kind of like played with that idea a little bit. Um, but most of the time it's 250s. Yeah, I um, I still have some halides over a couple of frag tanks and, and I just picked up some, some radiums. I use the 400 watt radiums. And so I um, I probably have like a, a two year supply left, maybe a little, maybe three years or something like that. But um, I don't know, I think man, after that I'm done. I'm just going to go all LED. It's yeah, just, you I know, the know. heat, I think, is the uh, is a big thing. The heat, you know, I'm more worried about the animals. I mean, you know, that that these animals, you, you switch them over to LEDs, they're going to take time for them to um, get used to it and and stuff like that. And well, you when know, you do the tank reset, that's when you do the uh, switch to the new lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but the, the other thing is that I have the radions, you know, on my frag tank, and I don't see the same success. I don't know why. Yeah, okay. Same water. I got the same water. I mean, you have the uh, the GHL ones, the, the mitres, right? Yeah, I got the GHL mitres, and and listen, man, I I um I am. I was a hardcore middle halide guy myself, and I never ever thought I would switch to LEDs. And I was very frightened <laughs> to switch from, 
you know, to start that tank with uh, with LEDs because I knew that uh, I had a sure thing in the bag with halides and T5s. That that was my tried and true proven method. But um, I'd, I'd have to say that um, in terms of the growth and the coloration that I'm getting under those LEDs, that it probably beats anything that I ever had under halides and T5s. So I never thought I would ever say that. But whatever's going on in that tank in terms of, you know, there's a lot of variables in place. So the lighting is just, as you you know, know, is just a part of the equation. So, right. so, but um, yeah, man, it's, it's, um, it's working. But every tank's different. I, the lights you have, the lights that you have will probably be the lights, unless there's a little magic, I'm going to tell me otherwise. Your lights will, if I was to switch completely, your lights will be the lights I would choose. Yeah, you um, know, and, I, and I'm just using, I'm not using anything else other than those GHL meters, and I have, um, I've got six of them over a uh, six foot long by three foot wide by 20 inch tall tank. So I think that um, that amount of coverage, they really do um, have great coverage in terms of those light fixtures. So I think that has been a key. Yeah. Now those lights, um, those lights are very good lights. I mean, I had, um, spoken to Vinny at GHL about him and stuff like that. And he gave me kind of a, a good tour and uh, about him. I think they are very close, probably the closest to metal halides and T5s combined, to be honest with you. Um, in many different levels of, uh, if it's par, if it's, don't know about UV, but um, um, even the spectrum and all of that. So I will consider those um, if I was to go that route. But uh, I don't know yet. I'm still, uh, you know, I'm one of those old old people that say, if it ain't broken, don't fix it, don't touch it, you know. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Um, so let's. Uh, you also, Joe, shot some um, video of your um, your equipment. So I'm I'm, I'm rolling that right now, and um, so we're kind of looking at the uh, the sump. And I see the old uh, GHL doser, and that was that was an old uh, Proflux controller that crapped out on you. That the uh, the controller crapped out on me, and I just recently replaced it. I mean. Replaced it not recently. Replaced it when I came back, uh, maybe a month or so. Um, a friend of mine who was in the hobby when I started out, he started out, and he ended up moving a year later. So it was only used for a year. So he gave uh. me that controller, which is exactly the same one as what I had. So. Um, I'm, I'm using that now again, which is again the same old controller, but um, it's a newer version. You know, it's less used. Got less uh, miles on it. Yeah, less miles on it. Um, and then I also I got his dozer, which you know, which I chain linked with my four dozers. So I got eight dozers going on, you know, which helps, with, especially if you do moonshining and stuff like that. You know, you're gonna have a lot of little. 
you know, two ml of this, four ml of that, three mls of that. You know. So you can't do and, a um, you can't do a cocktail, from what I understand, with the reef moonshiners. You can't um, mix multiple trace elements into like one one gallon jug, dilute it, and dose that one cocktail at the same time. You have to do it separately in terms of all the different um, elements. To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know if you could do that or not. Um, so I won't say you can because I don't know. I do them individually. Um, the thing with that, I, I think you probably can. I don't see why not because I thought somebody, you know, somebody said that you can't do that, but maybe uh, I misunderstood. I don't know why you can because if you're buying um, trace elements, the Tropic Marine A and K, and they tell you that there is 10 trace elements in this bottle and 10 trace elements in that bottle, they're together, you know, in one bottle. Now, at what percentage they are, we don't know. And that's the difference between doing them individually versus you throw 6 ml of A and 6 ml of K and hope for the best, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what... Um... That's what I'm doing. I use the uh, the Captivate Aquaculture uh, trace elements. So basically, I'm making a cocktail, you know, um, on a regular basis, whether it's once a week or once every 30 days. I'll put all the, you know, what I need in terms of traces into that cocktail. Put RODI water in there, and you know, and um, then figure out what I need to dose per day of that cocktail, and and it, and it works out really well. It makes it a lot easier. So I'm only yeah. using one dosing head. It's uh, it's definitely a lot easier because if I mean I've seen some hobbyists um, friends of mine that you could see they have like eight dozers some of them even twelve dozers and there's <laughs> too many 12, moving parts too many moving parts twelve things that can go wrong yeah you know what I mean it's like you're twelve times higher that can go wrong so. You know, the doors are getting stuck open uh, or, or, you know what I mean? And you doze the hell out of something and you crash the tank. So, believe me, I'm not crazy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, but uh, I do, uh, I'm very anal. So, I do watch my tank like five in the morning is the first look, you know, and then as the day goes on, you know, as... As soon as I get home, every time I'm like, first thing I'll check is the sump and what's going on. Yeah. So I do pay attention to this stuff. Um, so, you know, but uh, yeah. It's, so we're getting some comments. Greg Carroll is wondering what's all with the uh, with the blue bottles in the sump there. And, and um, I see that folks are saying that it looks like it's KZ in the Zeovit system. Is that what's going on there, Joe? Zeovit? I do. You, I do use KZ. Um, I've been using KZ from also the beginning, um, before moonshiners were in existence, and a lot of other. Um, back in the day when I started, it was Tropic Marine and KZ, you know, mostly. Um, I do those the KZ potassium. I do those the potassium iodide from KZ. I do those. Um, um, the sponge power, which I recommend to anybody, um, you know, it, it helps with sponges, you know, if you growing them. Um, what else do I dose from them? I do have the 
which I've shown some videos on um, Instagram, which is the, um, the coral snow, you know, and I had some people ask me, do I use the coral snow or the coral snow plus, which the plus is supposed to also remove phosphates. Um, I can't say that it does, you know, it does clear your water, it does remove all the yellowing compounds in the water. Yeah, you stuff. sent me a video. Um, I'm assuming this is a um, of you doing a coral snow treatment with the cloudy water. This is not from the crash from a year ago. This is a coral snow treatment. Yeah, no, that, that's, the, that's the coral snow. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, it does remove the yellowing compounds. Um, I recommend it to everybody, to every reefer. Um, they should do it. I don't know if they should do it once a week but at least once a month, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people that do it once a week. Um, I've just started doing it once a week myself. I mean, if your, your, your equipment is, is, is balanced properly, working properly, you're removing, you know, and your tank is clean, your sump is clean. Um, how much yellowing compound are you going to build up in a week? Um, I don't, the only way to know is like take a bucket of water and look in the, in the bucket. Is it yellow or is it clear? And uh, do you uh, use an activated carbon as well there, uh, Joe? Or? Um, I do use carbon. Like I said, I use it for like two, three days and pull it out. And I don't do it every day. I do it like two, three days and then put it back in in, in a week, in a week and a half. Because, um, you know, carbon is also removing a lot of other things besides... You know, we don't, you know, something that's stripping from the water, we're not telling it, oh, no, don't strip that, but just strip this. So, um, so Greg Carroll is, I'm sorry, go uh, ahead. To Carroll's uh, point, I also do the uh, Zeovit, the, um, the zeolites, you know, the rocks in a, in a, in a reactor, um, which then... I find that that helps with um, additional bacteria and removal of other things. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not. I'm not doing a full spectrum Zeovit system. If that's what you know, they uh, they're asking. I don't. I only use their product. I guess the question that Greg is wondering is, you know, so is is are you doing more of the Moonshiners method or is it the KZ method? Like, whose whose products are you using more of? Would you say? Um, I use a moonshine product as far as elements, but I'm not doing anyone's methods 100%. I'm, I'm taking like 50% from this guy, 50% from that guy, and making my own theories, which they're, you know, they've been working for me. Um, uh, so, uh, no, there's no, I, I'm not following 100% the moonshine method or the Zeovit 100% method. I just use the products where I think one product is better than the other. Like for example, like Sponge Power, Moonshine don't the Moonshiners don't offer it, you know, or anything like that. You know, um, potassium, you know, uh, iodide from uh, the Zeovit. You're also doing fluorine with it. You know, so you're doing you're hitting three birds with one stone, kind of a thing. Yep. So. Uh, it saves a lot of other, you know, movement. So, um, 
what I do with moonshine mainly is like dozing, you know, like selenium, you know, nickel, zinc, um, molybdenum sometimes, um, boron. Those are the areas that I'm noticing that my tank is consuming for some reason more than others, you know. So. Yeah, I'm only dosing um, a few elements myself at this point, doing uh, the selenium, fluoride, um, I want to say uh, zinc. Uh, what else am I doing? Um, there's a couple others that I'm um, molybdenum doing that. Um, vanadium, I think, is another one. So I'm not doing a ton. Yes, vanadium. Yeah. Not doing a ton. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same thing. I mean, um, this is a lot. I mean, it, for some reason, I've been coming up with high iron, um, which I am experimenting on a few things to, to, and checking to see if I have a rusty magnet somewhere or an impeller or anything like that. So um, I have to, you know, look into that. But I also, you know, don't forget I run a algae reactor that the algae reactor was packed with growth. So it wasn't um, removing any per se. So it might have built up due to that fact. So I just removed some Kato and I have, and I'm waiting for an ICP test to see if I see it coming down. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that algae reactor because, um, you know, in terms of trace element dosing, that algae reactor is, you know, with the with the Kato in there, it is removing some of the uh, some of the traces and, and what have you. So, you know, I, it is, I used to run Kato and it is a delicate balance. Yes. It is uh, it's definitely a, a, a delicate balance, especially because I, I believe it does also take away some potassium and I, I, I believe even iodine to a point. Um, the, the key to it, I think, is that you do not want to have a huge reactor, like overdo it, because then you strip. it's like you strip everything, you know, so... If you are on a regimen of ICP testing and you, you're dozing, and you're, you're dozing including, let's face it, you're dozing some things that is being, you know that's being removed by something else that you have going on. Yep. And that's, let's say, the Kato. But the Kato is also controlling your nitrates to a point, and, and so you need them, right? So you're doing that balance where I'm dosing it for this one to remove it. So I don't remove this and I have to don't, don't, don't dose this, but then I have a problem somewhere else. So it's it, the whole hobby is a balance, you know, unfortunately it's like, um, what I've also been doing is, which I haven't done and I can't believe I haven't done through all these years is that, you know, my calcium have been always on the high side because of my calcium reactor. So what I've been doing now is started dosing alkalinity by itself and lowering my calcium reactor to lower my calcium levels and make up the difference on alkalinity with a separate alkalinity dose. 
you know, so this way I could get the, the, the those three levels 100%, uh, which is, have been a, a little bit of a challenge this past couple of weeks. Hmm. But I'm getting... So you're doing a calcium reactor, you're doing um, one part of the two-part, and you're also doing cockwasser too, right? And I'm doing cockwasser also, yeah. So, yeah, it's a big challenge. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, um, my calcium reactor cannot keep up without cockwasser. So... Um, you know, between the cockwasser and the calcium reactor and then separate alkalinity, you know, it's a, and you don't want to shock your whole tank. So you got to do it very slowly, very slowly. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm now like 100 ml a day mm. with the part one al alkalinity with the calcium reactor still doing 80 ml a minute, you know. Of, of um, calcium and magnesium, where the calcwasser then will kick in every hour for a minute and dump cock that way. Right. 24, right. Hours, 24 hours a day. But I have to say, since I've done this, what I also noticed is that my pH at night, I'm still at 8.2 almost. What's your range? That's a Eight point four. Eight two to eight, eight, eight two to eight four. Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. That's huge. I mean, at night, I, I barely was holding at eight. You know, before. Yeah, that's that's been my experience dosing cockwasser. I mean, cockwasser for me is my primary thing that I'm doing for calcium and alkalinity additions. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much like eight two, probably eight three in one of the other systems. As the bottom line, and then eight four, eight five as the upper range. So it's um, yeah. I think um, it's a great beer to reef. I wants to know how high is Joe's calcium at? Mine's been relatively high with the calcium reactor since adding it a couple of years ago. What are you what are you talking about there, Joe? In terms of your I I, I range from I range from four fifty to four seventy. You know, um, like back and forth. So um, I've been raising the pH in a calcium mm -hmm. reactor. Uh, I think I'm at 6.60, um, and dosing the liquid and see, you know, slowly, slowly. And that's all, another reason that possibly that my pH is staying high is because now I'm not pushing in as much CO2 into mm. the water. I mean, you know, those, that's the CO2 for calcium reactors do bring your pH down. You know, I mean, my case is going through the algae reactor, so a lot of it is getting, you know, dissipating in there yeah. and helping the Kato grow a little faster. But uh, I'm sure this still makes its way into the water. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, I've had... You know, areas, one times, you know, it depends also, again, on your media, the media that you use. You know, we don't know when we buy this Reborn, right? It's crushed coral. So how how did that coral grow? With, under what? You're melting that coral. How much, what does it have? It does, did it have 500 calcium in the skeleton? 
you know, how much did it ha the skeleton have? So that's what you're getting. So you're getting liquids from these bones, let's call them. Yeah. You know? Um, but that average is 450, which I like it to go down to like 420 area, you know, yeah. with 8.3, 8 you know, in alkaline. I, I have the same kind of issue. You know, I got I got uh, calcium in one of my systems, maybe the other two, but um, you know, 450, 460 is not uncommon for calcium. You know, and I, I don't I don't get too worried about it, but you know, if it does creep up a little bit higher, I, I I would be a little bit concerned. But you know, you just look at your corals, right? I mean, if um if your corals are looking good and happy and all that stuff, yeah, then. The, the, my my concern with it is that we go back to Claude and the relation, the relationship, you know, you know, fluor, fluoride, you know, or fluorine, for example, like two calcium. Where is that? You know, you got a bone and you got the protection of that bone and, um, you know, calcium, you know, calcium, um, they say it does not do any damage, but I believe anything high do damage to to a degree, depending um, what maybe everything else around it is. If you had uh, four seventy calcium and you're running your alkalinity at nine, you know it's different than four seventy calcium and your alkalinity at seven point five. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where, you know, that's where I get a little concerned. So, uh, Joe, you, you, you've uh, referred to it a couple of times, bacteria, and, and you do dose bacteria, right, on a regular basis. What, um, what, what, what's your thought in terms of using bacteria? Is it, um, is it for to help with nutrient control, to keep your uh, nitrates and phosphates in check? Are you also doing it to help? With the uh, with the corals in terms of feeding corals, what what are your thoughts in terms of dosing bacteria and why you're doing it? It's exactly what you just said. I mean, I do it mainly for controlling nutrients. And obviously, while you're doing it, the corals are also you know getting some of it. But I don't. I mean, anybody that's carbon dosing, if let's say you're not carbon dosing because you know you control the bacteria you want in the water, you're not feeding it to per, per se with some sort of you know carbon dosing you're just throwing bacteria and hoping that it lives and you hope that you don't get a bacteria bloom in a sense but um i don't i'm not doing it as much as i used to um and tell me why um it worked so well that i was stripping every level i had mm. You know, I mean, for almost 16-year-old tank with 16-year-old sand bed that had never been vacuumed. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Main block of my tank is the same rock for 16 years. God only knows what's in there. <laughs> I hope no more bobble worms. Right. Um, do we, I think we do. We talk about the bobble worm the last time, maybe. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know. I was coming down to zeros, zero nitrates, zero phosphates. And as my friend says, he goes, I don't understand, you know, how you have zeros. And that was why I have zeros. 
you know, the bacteria does work very well. Now, Europeans don't believe in our system, the way we work it, because they believe that there's no way that that bacteria in a bottle is going to do anything. But I could tell them it does. <laughs> Polo1126, thank you very much for the super chat. Tusi's tank is inspiring. Thanks, Keith, for another great interview, as always. Appreciate that. Um, speaking of Polo, you're helping out Polo Reef now. Um, yes, I am back, and I, I can tell you how happy I am to be back. Um, there is a lot of big big things coming, which I won't get into because that's Polo's department. Um, it is an amazing place to be. Um, we Look, in this hobby, Keith, no one knows enough. If we, if I think that I know everything, I will be the biggest fool. Yeah, yeah. Because I always says this, this hobby will humble the, the, the best of us at any given minute. Um, so uh, yeah, um, I, I'm very happy sitting there, um, taking care of whatever comes every day. If it's corals, if it's um, you know, LPS is, you know, um, it's always something going on. There's so much to do and um, experimenting on things. And uh, look, you know, um, that goes to the question, uh, would you consider going bigger? Why do I want to do that? I mean, I, I'm, I'm working with it in a place with a 17,000 gallon tank and, and another uh, 10,000 gallons of water in individual tanks around in, around the 17,000. It's not, you know, people think it's just the 17,000. Uh, probably if I add all the gallons, we're looking at another, you know, 7,000 gallons of water in, in different tanks. Um, impressive. And not only that, you know, the, what comes in, you're looking at fish that, you know, I would only dream that, you know, I mean, I would only see it on a magazine, never mind seeing it physically. So uh, I love it, you know, and, and then again, working, you know, with Andrew and, uh, you know, his family and, and, and his team, if it's Jonathan, if it's Yeltsin, if it's Don, I mean, it's just, it, 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 the day, I swear to you, you go there and you look at your watch and it's just like, holy mackerel, it's, it's five o'clock. You don't even realize <laughs> how the day goes, <laughs> you know. That's a good thing, man, when time flies like that. Um, Aaron Kumar, thank you so much for that super chat. I finally got a chance to watch this live Awesome Tank 2C, and thanks a lot for the great podcast, Keith. Thank you, Aaron. Um, yeah, that, uh, that, that, that sounds just uh, in incredible. You, you must be, feel very fortunate to have that. Uh, I am as very fortunate. I mean, uh, I happen to live 15 minutes away. I am a, I always says I'm a blessed human being. I mean, um, and um, working there is just, it's a dream come true. I mean, to for anybody. Um, uh, so I'm doing the best I can to, uh, to help out and, um, you know, and keep maintaining what's, what comes through because there's a lot of live animals. I mean, a lot. 
you know, and I mean, when I tell you Yeltsin will take two hours, you know, every day testing water from different tanks, you can only imagine how much water there is, <laughs> yeah. you know, different systems. So if you're maintaining that much water every day and then water changes and mixing, I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, and uh, but it's a good group of people. Everybody is, you know, happy to do it. There's no sad faces. No, why would I? You know, everybody's working together. So it is a very, very good um, surrounding. You know? Yeah, sounds like um, it. Um, we were talking about this before we got on live. The uh, the TSA Grow Out contest. You're a part of that. How's it going, man? It's going. I mean, I, um, I'll be honest with you, maybe because I look at them every day, I have not put a ruler to them. Um, so I don't even know if they're growing, if they grew. Um, I know that uh, they're still, you know, holding their color. Um, one of them is definitely better than when I got it. Um, other... I don't know that they are better, um, although I did see more encrustation on the plug, you know, going on. So they're, they're okay. Um, I do have in my frack tank, which is trying to keep them under LED lights, knowing that they grew under LED lights. Mm. But I got I, I to gotta, I gotta do something to kind of like maybe... Uh, Stimulate them to um, to get put, going put a little them, bit. Put them in that display that's, tank there, Joe. That's that's a proven commodity, right? Yeah, but but they, I think they will go dormant under the halos. You think so? Yeah, I mean, that's what Chris Meckley said. Oh, an um, LED-grown coral, he believes, will grow uh, be be uh, dormant under um, halides. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think I think there's a better chance the other way around, for some reason, than you know LEDs to halides. Um, Interesting. Um, I do have T5s, so I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to break them in slowly, and that's eventually was my idea. Is that they start in. Um, under LEDs and T5s, and then slowly maybe I'll move them into the display, which will be T5s and um, halides, and that's also another reason why I want to put the uh, radiance 15s between the halides, so this way I'll get some LEDs when the halides come on, but when the halides are off, it's kind of like slipping back to LEDs. So, I'm experimenting with them. I might poke them, as Chris Meckley says to do. Yeah, stab them. Uh, you know, stab them, <laughs> and maybe I'll, you know. But we'll see. But uh, it's still going. I, I, I am not crazily impressed on how I'm doing with it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> so All right, well, whoever is my competitor, you still got to shine for this. NSB Reefs says yeah. my money is on Tusi's <laughs> NSB Reefs. Um, Reside, Sonny, thank you so much for that super chat. Joe, dropping the knowledge. Fantastic talk. Thanks, Keith and Joe, for coming together. Appreciate that. Um, 
What did I want to ask you uh, about? Um, oh yeah, so we talked about equipment and all that sort of thing. If you did do a uh, um, a re, if you got a new tank, what would you do differently with equipment besides the closed loop? I'm assuming the closed loop would not be something you would do again. I don't think I will do again. Um, I might do. I will definitely do within the tank loop, which I haven't seen it done with anybody. If it's um, watch, watch my uh, the live stream I did with Steve Weist. He did this. Um, it's basically a closed loop. My understanding is it's a closed loop within a, a uh, in, in like an overflow box type of thing, where he has the uh, the intake coming in through one side and or one part of it and then and then a pump in there that's pumping it out something to that effect so it's not like a a typical closed loop it's it's not um drilled in the bottom of the tank right i mean look let's look at it this way right a tank have to be you know an overflow box have to be drilled if you have the overflow in the back of your tank you know which to me you know, when I look at these tanks that, you know, are coming out, let's call them to nowadays, where they have the hanging overflow box in the back of the tank, and then the drains are coming through that box. I mean, knowing what I know in construction and dealing with glass and stuff like that, I mean, if people realize how dangerous that is to your glass back, that that glass is notched into a big U-shape. Mm. Um, I think is more dangerous than a, a hole in the bottom of an overflow box. Okay. Um, with that being said, um, we've installed bulkheads with no silicone. You know, after knowing more about the hobby, I did not build my tank. I paid someone to build my tank. Mm. If I was to build my tank, it would not have ever leaked, even if I cracked the bulkhead. Okay? Because <laughs> um, no one uses silicone on the bulkheads because they have rubber lockers. But there's no one telling you not to glob silicone in the hole around the bulkhead, compress everything as one, and it becomes like welded to that glass. Okay? Um, so you go back to what you were saying and creating a pump, so on and so forth. What I would do, I don't know if I would do a hang, hanging overflow because I really looking at the glass and how they do it, but I'm not comfortable with that. Um, I would still probably do a conventional overflow. I would still probably have holes in the bottom of the tank, obviously under the overflows. But what I was thinking was that separate that um, instead of having like I have four other holes in the bottom of the tank with pipes and bulkheads pushing water through yeah. is that I would make a U-turn the pipe back in and create a loop with inside the tank and hide it with rock work. Yeah. If it's not a peninsula, yeah. it's easy to do. Um, and then have you know, nozzles, because I do believe with the undertow type of current, you know, there's always an undertow. So, like, if we 
I don't think you can get with powerheads. You know, powerheads, you're either swirling the water, you know, when they're pulsating, they're only pulsating for so long, which I don't know how good that is even to the silicone of an old tank like mine, you know, with that water movement going back and forth, you know, which is all hydrostatic pressure against glass, silicone, and so on and so on. Um, but no, drilling holes, I'm going to try to keep it as low of that as possible. Um, but I will not do an over uh, a box hanging in the back of the tank. I don't like it. Any, any other um, type of equipment that you would think about swapping out? Like, um, what do you think about roller mats? You know, is that something that you might potentially I had, kick the I tires had on? Or? One. I've been given one, which is a roller mat and a skimmer all in one, which I haven't mm. tested yet. Um, I can't say that they don't work, you know, because I haven't used them, so why would I say that? But one thing I would say is that would they work is same as if it was a, you know, a sock. I mean, um, this little paper that rolls slowly as you control it to roll. I mean, do you really think it's going to wipe every detritus that's running through when it's still running around it? You know, I don't know. I have my, my I'm a little skeptical about that. It's not like a sock yeah. where you have a pipe going into the sock and the sock it'll, it catches everything. Catches yeah. everything. So I, at the moment, until I try it, I would say I don't think it will work as good as a sock. Okay. Now, people who use it obviously love it. Why? Because they don't have to clean the sock. Yeah. You know, so this, this hobby is not about what's easy. This hobby is about what works best. And catching the tritus and catching everything. I mean, I'll give you an example. Like, let's say I find in my sock sometime, let's say I have aptasia in your overflow box. Let's say you have Mijano in your overflow box. Do you think that paper is going to catch it? I don't think so. Yeah. But the sock will, you know, so that adaptation is going to go back up into the tank and it's going to be even worse because now it's aggravated, mm. it's going to pouring and so on and so forth. Interesting point. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. A couple of quick questions before we, uh, we sign off. Um, five corals. SPS corals that, um, you know, would be your top favorite. Well, you know, let's say, uh, I mean, I, I have like a handful of corals that I always like want to have in, in my display tanks. What, what would like your top five corals be? Um, oh boy. Uh, as you know, I'm an old reefer. So the purple monster probably will be the number one that anybody that you have it so you're a lucky one that you know I um, I lost mine um, I love the orange passion more as a thing is more than more than any coral um, 
I'm not going to say home record because I can't keep it alive. Really? Yeah. Oh. So I, I can't keep home record for anything. It doesn't matter. I gave up on that call. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely Orange Passion, Walt Disney. Um, if you could get your hands on the Maryland staff, the Route 66 Maryland staff, mm -hmm. which I'm learning is becoming um, hard to get. Interesting. There is the Maryland Wizard, but it's not the Maryland staff. It's it's they're very similar, but it's not the same thing. Um, I would say the supplies, the rainbow supplies, the millipore rainbow supplies, but you got to get a good um, a good nice mixed colored frag. You know, don't buy a green one. And expect the reds and the yellows to come out. Yeah, you know, I was do yourself. I was talking to uh, you know that was my understanding is like pretty much if you get a one color frag of a splice that you're not going to get the other colors. But Sanjay said that um, he got a one color frag and it did yeah. generate both. He did. He he did say. You know, I saw a recent picture and I actually I, actually I comment co put a comment on the post that I said I guess I was wrong. You know, um, hey, we'll leave it to Sanjay. But me and Sanjay, me and Sanjay are going to have a good talk about that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, uh, I still, I still have a uh, load of questions to ask Sanjay when I see him about that call because um, if that's again, it could be green. Noob from a refraft Canada versus a green noob from another splice, and it's not the same yeah. husbandry of refraft Canada. Okay, I would like to. That would be my first question. Mm. You know, where did it come from? Did the mother that that frack came from had all the other colors, or the mother had a couple of speckles of red? Here and there, there's many questions I want to ask him because I can't see. I've seen a lot of refrap. I mean, uh, splices, heat, not even close. Really, what they should look like. So there were a lot sold, and um, you know, I'm not going to mention names, obviously, and uh, I don't think uh, it was right. You know, if you're going to buy. If you're going to buy a splice, buy it with the three colors on the frag. Otherwise, don't buy it. You know, save your money. It doesn't matter if you're buying it for cheap because it's all green. That's the reason why you're buying it for cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, being, you're, you're going to be used as a guinea pig, let's see, you know, if it's going to transform into sun jays. Because the only person I know, I have to say, is sun Yes. Somebody gave me a, uh, a, I think it was a, a quarter inch nub of a green um, frag of the splice, and I've grown it into a nice little, you know, uh, I don't know, inch and a half. It's encrusted. It's got a bunch of uh, nubs in it. And it looks like it wants to kind of like shoot out an, another color, but um, it just hasn't done that yet. So that, um, yeah, I might have to try to get another uh Frag of that well, one when you to, come to down, we'll give you a real one. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have 
Well, uh, yeah. I'll trade you a purple monster for a real splice. How's that? Yeah, well, you've got a deal. Um, uh, I might drive <laughs> to you for that. <laughs> I um, we got, we got, <laughs> we got uh, Sean, maybe PC Superman, Reef Site, uh, Sony PC Rainbow, Green Slimer. Yeah. There's so Rainbow, many awesome corals out there. I did forget that. PC Rainbow is also, in my opinion, a must-have. It's it's PC Rainbow coral, in my opinion, is an OG coral that will be. I don't care how many rainbow teenuses come out. I don't care how many um, juicy granulosas come out. Okay, but there are specific corals like PC Rainbow, the you know the um, the stylos, the, um, the purple monster. They will always be OGs. Uh, that's how I see it. PC Amber yeah. is definitely one of them. Yeah. All right, man, Joe. This has been an awesome uh, conversation, dude. Any? Uh, any... Oh my God, we're going already. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still warming up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just warming up. You're just warming up. <laughs> I got to get another beer there. You know, what I mean. <laughs> any uh, any final <clears throat> thoughts, my friend? No, I mean, listen, um, as I stated before, and I say it again, keep it simple. You know, I know I've heard a lot of comments when I said that because people think that I don't keep it simple, but I do. Um, with, the, with all the tools that we have at hand, take advantage of them. You know, um, if it's sending your water for an ICP test, you know, everything is revolving around water, right? I mean, they're living in the water. So it's important to give your car good fuel. So, you know what? Spend the $40. If you can do it once a week, do it once a month. Do it every two months. You know, keep, every, keep your levels. Because at the end of the day, we're growing animals, you don't, you don't want to see them die. You know, not only that you're killing an animal, but it's also you're failing. You're failing that animal. It's no different than you had a dog and you didn't feed him and it died, or a cat. You know, these are animals underwater. They just don't come around you and pat, you know, to pet them and come on your lap, you know. Um, so my point is, like, with the tools that we have today, which are very different, I mean... My eye, your eye, someone's else looking at a coral know if a coral is happy or not. But most reefers don't. So yeah. you have to rely on numbers or on something, result, or, you know. So when do we send an ICP test? When we have problems. Right away, we're sending it out. But the problem happened. That problem happened two months before. You're seeing the results today. That coral started dying on you a month ago, two months ago. Slowly, it's, it's vanishing. And then it just decided to say, I quit. So if you were to do that once a month, um, you might have caught it early, you know, and you, you will be more successful, you will be more confident, and you're gonna be happier. So that, that's the, the, the thing I would say to these young reefers. You know what? If you have money to go and buy a coral cruise torch 
for $1,800 and you don't have money to send it for an ICP test, I'm sorry, you deserve to lose <laughs> in, in this hobby because you're doing it the wrong way. I mean, you got the tools, use them, you know. Um, like I told you, I l almost lost my whole tank because of a mistake I did, you know, um, a newbie mistake in, in a sense. So it's very easy, you know, to, 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 to fail. Um, and keep it simple. Keep your parameters steady and don't do like I do or like he do. Do what you think works for you. Every tank is different. Your tank will tell you what to do. It's, but you have to understand it, to watch it, and you have to give it the time. Don't try to grow corals like Tusi grows them in a week, because it's not going to happen. I don't grow them in a week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so patience is a key, but you know, keep everything steady and keep everything stable is, I think, the most important thing. You know. Look, you want to choose to do water changes every week? Then maybe you don't even need to do a uh, ICP test because you're replenishing everything every week. You know, your water is going to be, you know, pretty close to, you know, natural seawater every week. I choose not to do water changes in the summertime, especially. So for me, this it was more important in the summertime than if it was, let's say, wintertime. Um, so... And you do that because of the water supply and the uh, pesticides. You're on town water and all that sort of thing. Um, it, 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 where I live, it's all well water. And, well water. Um, okay. It, it, you oh, know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very bad. It's even though I have a whole house filtration before my. My, my ROs and all of that um, is still my, my water is very bad. Where I believe in summertime, I mean, think about it fertile thrown, spraying the trees for insects, rain comes in, everything is going down to the water table, and then it's being pumped up by, by the municipalities. And um, I had for 20 years, I had problems with water, and I even challenged the water district, and I spoke to um, attorneys per se, and the problem in New York State is that any water department can go by 2,000 different levels and they will still pass the health department. So, okay, so it's impossible to prove them wrong. Whatever comes to your house, you have to accept it. You know, they, so unless you're going to have your health department at your home testing water, Good luck. Yeah. So that's why I stay away from water um, in the summertime, especially more so than the winter time. But I could tell you, I um, I tested the water coming from where the pH in the water was like five. Ooh. Okay, and then you wonder why you get pinholes in your copper pipes. <laughs> you know, because your pH in that's the no water good. coming. It's so low that any little bit of minerals in the, in your pipes, in your hot water heater or electrolysis is going to eat your copper pipe from inside out. So you can imagine what goes on. You think that RO is going to stop that? 
you know. Mm. So that's the reason why. But uh, not everybody have bad water like I do. Yeah. Well, it, um, it seems like you've kind of figured that part out there, Joe. After losing a lot of calls, which makes me uh, very sad because yeah. I hate seeing a call. Yeah, that's you know that's true. Anyway, it's, listen, uh, man. I, I go ahead. Yeah, no, but overall, you know, you, like I said, you need to pay attention to what you're doing, you know, and no one is, you know, no one is going to teach you better than yourself. But um, pay attention to what you're doing. And try to do it. Learn from Keith. Learn from Joe. Learn from Sonny. You know, Sonny now have these um, clips on Instagram, which I love him for doing it because he helps. You know, these young reefers that have questions, and you know, he been in the hobby probably longer than me, and it's important. You know, we're all in this together. We all want to help each other, and I yeah. I try to help as much as I can when people ask me questions. You are helping out with having me and having others and and educating, you know, um, who wants to learn. But I might say a hundred things and I maybe say only one good thing. You know, a hundred things and says one good thing. Pick up what you think is right and make it your own. You know. So Yeah. Well, that, dude, that's a good way to uh, to end the show on that advice. And, and I want to thank uh, you, Joe, man, for, for being a guest. And I look forward to having you back on much sooner than, than uh, two years. Thanks, man. So. I always love jumping on your show. You know, I have a blast. I mean, like I said, I'm getting warmed up. <laughs> so. Appreciate that, man. So anyway, just wanted to thank uh, thank Joe. And, and so, Joe, they can find you on Instagram, 2C Coral Reef, right on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, also check out TuesdayCorals.com. Only a fraction <laughs> on that website of what is actually available. So I'm sure if you reach out to Joe that he could hook you up with whatever you want because he's, uh, he's, got, he's got the goods. So anyway, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Thank again, uh, to, uh, thanks again to Joe. I also want to thank both Bulk Resupply and Ecotech Marine for sponsoring the show and supporting it. also want to thank all you folks out there for tuning in and watching. appreciate that. And a big thank you to Paul, who is also the moderator, as well as the president of the Boston Reefer Society. Please join and support your local reefing clubs. They are so important to this hobby. Also want to let you know that all episodes of Rapid Reef Bum are available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon. My next Rapid Reef Bum live stream will be next Tuesday, October 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Kenneth from Hydrospace LLC. So we're going to be talking about bacteria on that program. Uh, they're the ones that sell the purple non-sulfur bacteria, so that should be another great show. If you want to check out the full upcoming schedule of guests, visit reefbum.com under the YouTube section. Until next time, be safe and be well. Later.